When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Today in Sports Betting. I'm your host, Doug Reed. You can find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Reed 34. That's R-E-I-D 34. This is a Sports Ethos production. I'm going to welcome you in to Friday, January 14th show. As always, uh, I want to point out a few Twitter um, accounts to follow here at Sports Ethos. One is Ethos Wagering. Great place to go to get our free play of the day, get some comments, get some thoughts from our handicappers. And another one, if you're a fantasy basketball fan, is Ethos Fantasy BK. Ethos Fantasy BK for basketball on Twitter. It's the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed you will find. Get all your NBA news, one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition, provides more analysis as well. A great resource for you if you're a fantasy basketball player. Again, it is Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. Highly recommend you follow those two, uh, as well as me. Again, at Doug, Doug underscore Reed 34 on Twitter. Uh, on Fridays, I like to do a little segment um, called Strategy Session. Last week, we talked about uh, what the magic number in sports betting was. And it's 52.4%. You're trying to achieve more than that to be in the black. Today, I want to talk about probably the least sexy, least exciting thing in sports wagering. And that's bankroll management. I do think it is probably one of the most, if not the most important thing to keep in mind. Now, there are a couple cut two. Well, there are many types of debt betters. Uh, and if you're the kind of person who just likes to uh, get involved in the Super Bowl, get involved in March Madness, um, get involved with just your, you know, your team in the NFL. That's one thing. Uh, you don't, you don't necessarily concern yourself with a lot of bankroll management. Kind of like when you go to Vegas. If you go to Vegas, you go for a weekend. You take money that you're willing to uh, wager, willing to lose. You come back at the end of the weekend. Hopefully, you made some money. But if you've lost it, you just bake that into the expense of your trip, anyways. That's not really what I'm talking about in bankroll management. I'm talking about the better, the casual sports better, which everybody listening to this show is, who wants to be in it for the long term. So you want to put money in at the start of the season. Last fall, you're looking at the NFL, NBA, college basketball, college football, NHL all starting up. And you want to be able to have action in all those games, some of those games, but for a longer period of time. That's the person I'm talking to with bankroll management. It doesn't matter if you've got a $50 bankroll, if you've got a $1,000 bankroll, $5,000 bankroll. I think bankroll management is vital to your long-term success. Now, we're all in this to have fun, and uh, that's what it's about. But there is nothing worse than putting money in your, your account, and a week or two, a month later, you're looking at it and saying, well, if I want to keep betting, I've got to put more money in. That's not what we're trying to do. Sure, we're trying to make money, but we're trying to be in this for the long term. Nobody listening to this is a professional uh, sports better. Nobody listening to this is quitting their day job to wager on sports, I don't think. Um, and no professional bettors are going to be listening to this show. 
This is more about just having fun and having a sustained bankroll and being in it for the long term. Now, the information that I've always I've read about the research that I've done is a lot of professional sports bettors, uh, the pros, what they do, and they do subscribe to bankroll management theory. So I think we take that down to the casual sports better. If you want to be around for long term, if you want to be in it for the whole season uh, and at the end of the season, sure, we want to have a positive um, uh, return, ROI, return on our investment. But we wanted to have a bankroll still in existence. And I think there were two tenets of bankroll management that everybody should follow. One, know your limit. Two, stick to your, your unit value. And I'll speak to both of those, more so the second one than the first one. But know your limit. Uh, you shouldn't be wagering unless you can afford to lose the money you're putting in. And not that I'm here to make a public service announcement, but I think it's important that you know what your limit is when you're betting. You don't want to be dipping into your account and constantly topping it up and topping it up and topping it up. If it's $500, if it's $100, if it's $1,000, put it in and let's try and figure out how we can hopefully have a positive ROI, but hopefully we can have a bankroll that exists for the long term. And if it goes down to zero and you're out, you can live with that. It's not going to hurt you financially. Um, you need to know your limits. And you can have a lot of fun with a $50, $100, $500 bankroll. Smaller limit betting, uh, action regularly, whether it be daily, whether it be weekly, a uh, few bets a week, few bets a day, but you have to know your limit. So that's vital. The second point is stick to your unit size bet. And what I mean by that is, again, this is not me coming up with this number. This is what pro sports handicappers or bettors have told us forever. This is what, if you talk to people who run Vegas casinos, you hear them on shows, you read articles on it. uh, Everybody says your unit size should be one to 2% of your bankroll. Now, I don't think that depends on the size of your bankroll. I don't care if you have a $10,000 bankroll or a $100 bankroll. Your unit size bet. So each bet you make should be 1% to 2% of that. Now I realize if you've got a $500 bankroll, um, 1% of your bet is not a very large bet. Obviously, that's $5. Now, not something that's really going to, you think, move the needle. Not something that, hey, I'm not going to make a lot of money at this. Even if I get on a hot streak, I'm not going to be up all that much. No, you're not. But you're still going to be in the game because even if you have a cold streak, you're not going to be down that much. So I realize that if you have a bankroll of $500 or $100 or something like that, you're maybe not going to want to put a $1 or $5 bet on every game. But I don't recommend you going up to 5% of your bankroll, 10% of your bankroll. And I say this as a word of caution because there are a lot of pundits out there as this business, as this industry explodes, You're getting a lot more information out there, whether it be on Twitter, whether it be on TikTok, whether you're reading it on the internet, whether you're watching shows, a lot of pundits out there. And you get a lot of these people saying, this is a five unit lock um, bet. That's crazy. If you're betting five units or 10 units or five or 10% of your bankroll, you're adding a ton of risk to what you're doing. And what are you doing here? We're trying to have fun. You wanna have action on a bunch of games and you want your bankroll to exist. So it's been proven time and time again, this is a grind. And I say that in a positive way, it's a fun grind. If you're watching games at night and you've got a small wager on them and that's what you enjoy doing, that's your uh, disposable income, that you that's your entertainment. Some people like to go to movies, some people, um, I don't know, like, like, like many other things. But if this is your entertainment, like I enjoy doing, 
you want to have a wager on it, have a reasonable size wager and pick your unit number. So it should be one or 2%. Again, if you have a smaller bankroll, if you have $100, maybe you want to go $5, that's 5%. I know that kind of goes against what I just said, but if you have a smaller bankroll, that's understandable. But it should be looking at one to 2% of your bankroll as your unit size bet and stick with that. If you get on a hot streak, don't increase it. If you get on a cold streak, don't increase it. Back to my show last Friday, if your goal is to uh, make money, you need to win at a 52.4% clip to break even. So let's call it 52.5% to have a little positive uh, ROI. That's your goal. So if you go on a cold streak and you're still only betting one, one unit or 1% of your bankroll, you can sustain that cold streak. Conversely, if you go on a hot streak, your bankroll will slowly go grow. Now, I do realize that uh, as your bankroll grows, maybe you want to by nature, or not maybe you want it, but by nature, that 1% of your bankroll is going to grow as well. So as your bankroll grows, if you get on a bit of a run, then that 1% is now a larger amount. If you start off, uh, like I said, with $500, 1% $5. If you get it up to $600, 1% $6. Conversely, your $500, if it's down to $400, uh, your 5% is now, or pardon me, your $5 is now down to $4. So I'm talking really small numbers. It's not something that absolutely has to be a hard and fact number. You pick what your limit is. 1%, 2%, 5%. History has shown us, professional gamblers have told us it should be 1% to 2%. So I'm just relaying that information out to you. That's what I tend to do. That's what I think is a wise move. Um, if you want to, you have a, a you know, I, I've done this a few times this year already. You have a strong lean in a game. Feel really passionate about it. Okay, double your unit size. You want two units on that. I understand that. Uh, I haven't made a bet more than two units in a couple of years. I just don't believe in putting three, four, five units, no matter what your conviction is, because there's always something. Mean, every bet is a 50-50 proposition. We like to think we see some games, some bets uh, where we have a better, no uh, a feel for it, some better knowledge. Okay, so maybe lean into a two, uh, a two unit bet. Don't be going crazy with three or four, 5% bets. Just my recommendation, uh, partly from experience, partly from what the pros are telling us. Pick your unit, 1%, 2%, maybe a little more if you have a smaller account, and stick to that. And it's a grind. You want to be sitting at the end of a season, let's call a season from the start of the sports I just mentioned earlier in September, you know, to the end of the NBA championship, the Stanley Cup final, uh, the NFL, uh, the Super Bowl, college basketball through March Madness. You want to still have a bankroll at the end of that season. And then you're going to look into baseball in the summer, maybe. You want to have a bankroll at the end of that season. The point is, pick your unit bet and stick to it. Every bet should be one unit or two units and grind it out. Hopefully, um, shows like this can help you with a little positive ROI. Maybe you've got some resources. Maybe you've got your own system. But don't be going crazy. Another downfall when people start uh, changing their unit size bets is you get a, a cold streak. You're down 20% in your bankroll. And you look at it and say, you know what? I got to get this back. I'm going to, you know, I started with a $500 bankroll. I'm down to $400. I'm down to $350. I'm going to start throwing $50 bets out there. So now you're going 10% units from your original. And if you're down to $400, it's even more than 10%. And you're throwing that in there. Well, that's a quick way to blow up your bank account. Because if you're right, great. You make that money back. But if you're if you're wrong, you've, you're, you've just crushed your bankroll. And now your 500 is down to 300, 250, 200. And then you start even, if you start gambling even more and, and saying, I want a larger bet, it's going to blow it up quick. This is a grind. It's a fun grind, but you have to stick to your discipline. Rule number one, know your limit. Rule number two in bankroll management is stick to your unit bet. Figure out what that unit is, 
grind it up, grind it down. Again, these are not numbers that I've come up with. These are stuff that I've researched, stuff that I've read. Professional bettors have said this for years. Stick to your unit bet. So again, I know this is not sexy, not exciting, probably not what people are tuning in here to listen to, but I think it's important to realize, and it makes it a lot of fun. Again, six, seven months, you still have a bankroll. Even if you had a bad year, you still have a bankroll. Don't blow it up. Don't roll the dice. Don't triple, quadruple, 10 times your unit bet to try and make it back. Grind it up, grind it down. Hopefully in the end, you can sit there with a positive ROI, uh, but at minimum, you're gonna have a bankroll still in existence, and that should be the goal. Know your limit, stick to your unit bet. All right, so hopefully you found some value in that. Uh, if you have thoughts, comments, agree, disagree, by all means hit me up on Twitter. Again, it's Doug underscore read three four. Send me a direct message, comments, thoughts, or send me a message, any more feedback you'd like, or, or, or more strategy session comments or ideas you'd like. So the next uh, part of our show, I want to get into a little recap of last night. Uh, in the NBA, uh, I went two and one. Um, the hit with in the NBA. I had the Pelicans at minus three and a half. Uh, they covered that against the Clippers. I had Memphis minus four. They co- covered that. It was a little sketchy late, but they pulled it out for I think their eleventh win in a row. Uh, and I I had a prop of Robert Covington in Portland because half of Portland or most of Portland's starters seem to be out at ten and a half points. He had ten points. I was watching the game. He had ten points exactly through the third quarter. And I thought, great, you know what? They got a short bench. They're going to play him. And they were getting blown out. They didn't play him. I don't think he saw the floor in the fourth quarter. Missed that prop by half a buck, half a point. He got 10. The uh, the prop was over his point total of 10 and a half. Did not hit. So two and one in the NBA. A little more luck in college ball. I had Seton Hall, uh, DePaul over. Hit that one. Indiana, Iowa over. Hit that one. Oregon, UCLA. Um... Over, I had Wright State Robert Morris over. Don't did not hit that one. Uh, so it was a night of overs for me. And then I also picked Oregon State to cover the 14 and a half at USC. And they most definitely did cover that one. So four and one in the in the NCAA. And then the NHL, uh, I picked a total in the Chicago Montreal game of five and a half. Of course, that game went to a shootout uh, at two two. So I was not going to win. Or pardon, went to overtime at two two. I was not going to win that game and did not. So zero and one on the ice, six and three overall, up two and a two point seven units. Um, since started the show last week, 27, 17 and one, up nine point four five units. Ecstatic with that number. But if you listen to my strategy session last Friday, I'm shooting for a little fifty two and a half percent, or hopefully a little more. Uh, so I'm not expecting these kind of numbers to continue. Ride the highs when you can. You're never as good as your good days. You're never as bad as your bad days. That's kind of my philosophy when it comes to sports wagering. So I'm sure that number will pull back. Hopefully not tonight, but uh, we'll ride it while we can. So now on to the segment of hitting the boards. Lots of, uh, a few NCAA games tonight. There's uh, about 12, I think. Uh, there's a nine NBA games. There's a whack of NHL games, a big night in the NHL. I'm only on, uh, actually, I'm not on any of those games. Uh just too many. There's three. Sorry, there's not a lot. There's three games tonight in the NHL. Uh, a couple large spreads I'll get to. Not really in any of those games. And then obviously uh, NFL playoffs start this weekend. In the Super Wild Card, this this is a unique season for the NFL and going to be a fun. I think it's going to. I think there's some great games this weekend. I'm on a couple of them, not on all of them, but I'll give you a quick thought on that. So 
Uh, to get into the night in the NCAA, I'm going to start with uh, Monmouth at St. Peter's. Monmouth is minus three and a half, and I'm going to be on them at minus three and a half. When I look at the Ken Palm ratings, uh, Monmouth is ranked number 113 in the country. St. Peter's is 220. And frankly, these teams aren't even, when you look at their scoring, they're not even close. Uh, I'm surprised that this line is just uh, minus three and a half. So happy to take it there. Their adjusted efficiency. So there's three, I think there's 356 uh, college basketball teams in states. So if you're ranked below number 300, you're not doing well. And listen to these numbers. Monmouth is number 159 in adjusted efficiency. St. Peter's 319. Ouch. Effective field goal. So basically uh, their total kind of field goal percentage. Uh, Monmouth is 147, so about league average. They're hitting about 50.6% of their shots. St. Peter's, 319, hitting 44.8%. From outside the arc, Monmouth is pretty good. It's uh, number 72, hitting 35.7. St. Peter's, 301 at 30.1%. Inside the arc, Monmouth sitting about 49.1, a little below average. Monmouth, number 314 in the country, 44.7. And free throws is a huge discrepancy. Monmouth is actually very good. The seventh best team in the country at 80.6% of their free throws are hitting, where St. Peter's is 64.7, 335th. And Monmouth has pretty good defense against um, two and three three point shots. So I think this is, uh, uh, I know that they're on the road, which is always a challenge. So that's probably why the line is this close. I would put the line maybe at another bucket above that. So happy to take Monmouth at minus three and a half. Uh, the next game in the Big Ten is Nebraska at Purdue. Now, Ken Palm is Nebraska ranked number 156, Purdue number five. I think most of the polls still have Purdue in the top five. This game shouldn't be close. Uh, I, I don't think it'll be close from the get-go. You know, Purdue will win in every facet of the game. They've got their big men. Trevion, Trevion Williams stands 6'10". Zach Eadie, 7'4". Those two never play together, uh, but they're a one-two punch set. I don't know many teams that can that are going to be able to um, hold up against that size down low. Now Nebraska has a you know they have a couple big men. Derek Walker is a six nine junior, and Eduardo Andres is a six eleven freshman. But putting those two guys there, neither of them are going to be able to hold up against whether it's Williams or Edie on the floor. And then uh, you've got Jaden Ivey running all over the place, running the point um, for the Boilermakers. They are looking good. This is a good game, but it's a big, and it's at Purdue. Purdue always plays better at home. It's a tough place to play. But I just don't think I'm willing to lay 20.5 points. It's a Big Ten game. I don't think Nebraska has a chance to win. Um, I think they have a chance to keep it within three touchdowns, though. So I'm happy to take the 20.5, 20, sorry, 20 and a half uh, on the road with, the, with, uh, with Nebraska. Uh, the next game is VCU is... Plus three at St. Bonaventure. Now, I was high in the Bonnies to start the year. I saw them play in the Wooden Classic just before COVID hit. And uh, they had a good year last year. They came out. Then Kenny Lofton, uh, their main their star point guard, uh, was hurt a bit. He came back. They were in the top 20. They were definitely in the pool, pools, well inside the top 25 to start the year. Uh, they, they, they started well first couple weeks, and then they seemed to have faltered. And they're not really sure they have it back. They play a slow game. Right now, they're, they're ranked about 224 in pace. VCU is ranked about 146, which is average. Uh, but VCU has very good defense. Against uh, They're basically ranked in the top 20 in the nation in effective field goal defense and defense against two and three-point shots. So the, they defend well. Uh, the Bonnies like to play slow. Bonnies are a good team, like to play slow. I don't know which game this go, which way this goes. If I had to lead, I'd probably take VCU plus three. But the Bonnies, 
tend to come out slow, play slow. And when I say come out slow, they always seem to be down in the first half. Play slow and uh, love playing low scoring games. So I'm actually on the under of this, a minus 131. Uh, so VCU plus three at St. Bonaventure. I'm on the under of 131. They have an, uh, Bonnies have an average offense. Uh, don't turn the ball over a whole lot and shoot free throws really well. So if the game is close, maybe leans towards the Bonnies. Uh, but I just like this being a slow, methodical game. Uh, I don't know who's going to win, which is why I'm on the under. Then the final game is another Big Ten matchup, which the game of the night, as far as I'm concerned, is Michigan travels to Illinois. Michigan is a nine and a half point underdog at Illinois. Now, Michigan came in uh, ranked top 10. Uh, everybody's very excited. And then they kind of blew up. I think they're out of the top. They are out of the top, uh, out of the polls, out of the top 25 these days. Uh, Illinois started well, kind of cooled down, and then they picked it up behind their potential player of the year in Kofi Coburn, Kofi Coburn, uh, who's just been a dominant force. Now, uh, Michigan matches up. You can't really match up against Co- Kofi Coburn. There's not many people in the country going to stop him at this level. But they do have their big man in Michigan, Hunter Dickerson. Hunter Dickerson. Dickinson. Um, I don't think he'll slow down Coburn, but he has the ability to disrupt him a little. So laying nine and a half points on the road uh, in a Big Ten game, I'm happy to back the Wolverines here. Neither team plays exa- uh, very fast. Illinois is 289 in pace. Michigan's 199. Um, but they are efficient. As far as the adjusted efficiency, Illinois is number 10, Michigan's 24. So should be a good game. I think Michigan is underrated and Illinois, because they've been playing well right now lately, might be a little overrated. I'm a huge Illini fan, uh, so I wear my uh, uh, pride on my uh, on my sleeve. Didn't go to Illinois, uh, uh, living up here in Canada, but uh, I'm an Illini fan, always have been. And you'll hear in future shows, I don't usually recommend betting your, your, uh, your favorite team. Uh, however, I just think there's something that's lying. I think Michigan's underrated. They've got a great team. I'm not sold on Juwan Howard as their coach. I know he had a great NBA career, but he's like Penny Hardaway in Memphis. These are two guys with great NBA careers. And because of their names, they have the ability to recruit to Michigan and to Memphis. And both those teams, to me, are mirror images of themselves. Both those teams have great players that should be doing better. They're just not coming together as a team. And that's when you kind of look at the coach. Now, Howard's pretty young in his coach, as is Penny Hardaway. They may, they may figure it out uh, eventually, but right now I think they're a little overrated. Their teams are a little over... Them as coaches are a little overrated. All that said, Michigan is a better team than they've been playing. And I think the key is if Dickinson can uh, contribute, which he has been, he's been playing great, uh, slow down Coburn a little and keep the game close. Is Michigan going to win? I don't think so. Um, but I think this game's closer to nine and a half points. Uh, I know it's a road game for the Wolverines, but I like them to cover that spread against Illinois. So I'm uh, going to take a quick break, get some things in order here, and we'll be back in a second. Right. Welcome back. Uh, before we get to the NBA, I do want to talk to you about a new partner we have at Sports Ethos. It's Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy. It's T-H-R-I-V-E Fantasy on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use the code ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S, when you sign up to get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to $100, plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest players every night, score points uh, when your props hit, and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize. So you're not playing against the house, you're actually playing against others. 
You can also check out our Sports Ethos DFS team on our DFS pod. This will definitely help you with some props as well. Uh, so to get some advice and some of the winners. Again, the code is ethos, E-T-H-O-S, over at thrivefantasy.com. Highly recommend you check them out. Very uh, interesting new way to play props. And again, you're not playing against the house. You're playing against other players. So uh, on to the NBA. Number of games in the association tonight. I think there's nine in total. Two, four, six, eight, nine. Yeah, not, uh, I'm on a couple of them. On a few of them, actually. Uh, I'm going to quickly go through them. Boston travels to Philly, which should be a good game. Philly is three and a half point favorites. Total 207 and a half. I would lean Philly in this game. My model's got it closer to about two points for Philly. Uh, Boston's just so inconsistent. Uh, I think they can play with almost anybody in the league, but they've put up some stinkers lately. So I'm not on this game at all. Uh, Orlando travels to Charlotte. The Hornets are 11-point favorites. 220, uh, 223 is the total. Both numbers fairly close to my model, so I'm, not, I'm off this game as well. Uh, the Phoenix Suns travel to Indianapolis. They are 5.5-point favorites over the Pacers. 219.5 is the total. Again, nothing of value I really see here. Uh, the first game I'm on is the Raptors travel to Detroit. The Raptors are 10-point favorites on the road, 219.5 is a total. Uh, the Raptors are playing well, and Detroit's not playing well. I just think laying 10 points on the road is a little too much. Dwayne Casey, for some reason, former coach of the Raptors, seems to be able to coach his team up when they play Toronto, especially in Detroit. I'm not looking for the Pistons to win. This game could be your typical Pistons 30-point loss. I just think laying 10 points uh, on the road is too many. My model's got this a lot closer game. Uh, Now, probably factoring in some of the hiccups that the Raptors had earlier in the year. They've been playing well lately. They're healthy. Uh, So I like them to win. High single digits. I could take that, but at minus 10, I'm on Detroit. Uh, So I'm taking the Pistons plus 10. Next game is Golden State at Chicago. This should be a fun game to watch. Uh, Chicago's minus three, total 220 and a half. I've got the um, Bulls favored by about two, so I'm not really going to be on this game either. I'm going to fade that. Atlanta travels to Miami. I am on this game. uh, Miami is a four-point favorite, total 221. Now, Bam Adebayo is out for the Heat. The question mark is Butler. He's now listed as questionable. If Butler doesn't play, this game's a fade. I would not recommend touching this game. But if he does play... Uh, I'm on Miami at minus four. I'm also on the under of 221. My model's got a game at about 216. Miami is a very good defensive team, especially with Butler in the lineup. So if Butler plays, I'm on Miami minus four and the total under 221. If Butler doesn't play, uh, this game's simply a fade. The next game is Cleveland at San Antonio. The Cavaliers come in three and a half point favorites, uh, total of 220. I'm actually on San Antonio in this game. I'll take the three and a half points at home with the Spurs. You've got Okoro and Rondo out for Cleveland. Uh, Okura and Okoro and Rondo, pardon me. Rondo's certainly not a huge factor, but he has been getting some good minutes since he's got there. Uh, San Antonio is just missing Derek White, who's still in health and safety protocols. This should be a close game. Uh, my model's got the Spurs favored by about a bucket. So if they're catch, if they're getting three and a half points at home, I'll be on San Antonio. And the next game I'm also on is Dallas at the high-flying Memphis Grizzlies. Now, Memphis played and won at home last night. They're two and a half point favorites, total 217 and a half. 
Porzingis is still in health and safety protocol, so out for Dallas. Uh, Dylan is out for Memphis. But at two and a half points, I don't uh, I don't know what I'm missing here. Uh, I think this line should be a little higher. I know when you've got Luka Doncic on Dallas, he could turn it up and win in every game because he's been doing that for a few years with pretty much no help. Uh, I just think Memphis is flying right now and just too, too good to fade. My model's got them closer to a seven-point favorite. So I'm on the Grizz, minus two and a half at home. That's the last game of the night I'm on. Uh, we've also got Houston traveling to Sacramento. Houston, uh, sorry, Sacramento's a five-point favorite, total 240. Uh, if anything, I would be on the Kings here. I just don't like laying five points. I, if you listen to my shows recently, I do like Sacramento. Not the greatest team, but they've been covering so, uh, lately. I do like them. But laying five points with Sacramento is a little tough to handle. So not going to be on that game. Now, when we go to the NHL, uh, there are three games on the docket tonight. I'm not going to be on any of them. Uh, I just think they're too a little too tight in these lines. Uh, what is interesting, though, is... This is where the NHL has been a real challenge for me this year. So there's three games. Dallas Stars are at Florida. Florida's favored, minus 210. Sorry, this is. I'll get to where it's been a challenge for me in a minute. Uh, I like the Panthers. They play well at home. 210 is a little, little uh, money line is a little, little, little bit uh, steep for me. So I'm off that game. The next one is the Ducks at the Minnesota Wild. Minnesota plays well at home. They've had a few hiccups this year. They're on a money line, minus 175. A little steep delay. And the next one is where the NHL gets real tough. Arizona, who is arguably the worst team in the league, travels to Colorado, one of the best teams. If you're on Arizona, you're going to get plus 475. If you're on Colorado, you're going to lay minus 650 on the money line. I can't take either of those. You're taking a lottery ticket approach if you're going with Arizona. You know, they beat the Leafs the other night, and I think they were plus 300, plus 320. Uh, it's even worse now. So I think Colorado wins this game easy, but I can't lay minus 650. There's just no way. Um, so this is the challenge of betting the, the, the NHL is you're getting these huge numbers with huge favorites. There's just no value. You can look at even the puck line, which means uh, minus one and a half. So you're giving up one. Colorado's got to win by two goals. Minus one and a half. It's still minus 245. So can't touch that. That's why I'm fading the three games in the NHL tonight. So on to the NFL. And wildcard weekend. Uh, it should be a great weekend. There are six games on tap, two more than the usual uh, that we've had in the past of four games in wildcard weekend. So let's start with uh, Saturday's games. We've got Las Vegas traveling to Cincy. Cincy's five and a half point favorites, total 48 and a half. I'm actually on the Bengals here. I uh, don't like laying it. I mean, traditionally in the wildcard round, uh, the play is to go with the underdogs. I'm just not a, a Las Vegas fan. They, yes, kind of snuck, no, they didn't sneak in, but uh, weren't exactly dominant. Uh, had a few games, good, a few good games late in the year. Got in the playoffs. Here's the thing, Derek Carr, and I think everybody knows this story. Derek Carr is not a good quarterback outdoors. I think he's 0-5 in his career when the weather is under 37 degrees, and it's expected to be about 30 degrees uh, in Cincy tomorrow. And he hasn't scored more than 17 points in any one of those games. Now, I know it's a small sample size. It's five games. But there have been many instances where he plays in colder weather and he struggles. And it's been well documented. It's only a small factor. I know when you're handicapping a game. But I've just not been a huge Derek Carr believer. He's one of those guys you like to see do well because so many people have dumped on him. But I just think when you're coming in, play the Bengals. Joe Burrow and, 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 and company uh, have been playing well. First game in Cincinnati in the playoffs in years. 
Burrow uh, looks dialed in. So laying five and a half points, I'm happy to take that with the Bengals. The next game of the day uh, tomorrow, or second game tomorrow, is New England traveling to Buffalo. The Bills are four and a half point favorites, total of 44. This game's supposed to be frosty cold as well. I heard today it might be the coldest game ever played in Buffalo. Uh, so keep that in mind. You know, you might want to look at the under 44 in that. Last time these two team play, teams played in Buffalo, it was terribly windy and crappy. And the Pats threw for three, three, three times, I think. Second lowest total in 30 years. Uh, so they won't necessarily be doing that, I don't think. But I'm sure Bill, Bill Belichick will be scheming something up. Not on this game. If I were, I'd actually probably be on the Pats plus four and a half. I think Buffalo wins. Uh, but Bill Belichick is just not a coach you want to bet against. Not a coach you want to lay four and a half points against. So I would lean the under and I would lean the Pats in this game. Not to win, but to cover the four and a half point spread. Uh, continuing along in the AFC is uh, the, the games on Sunday. We'll go to Philly at Tampa. Tampa's favored by eight and a half. 45 and a half is the total. Uh, this game, the Pats are down the two, top, their, two of their wide receivers, but you've got Tom Brady. It's the playoffs. It's in Tampa. And Philly, uh, Jalen Hurts is an exciting quarterback, but this is going to be his first playoff game in the NFL. Going against Tom Brady, not a good recipe, but I can't lay eight and a half points with the Bucs. Uh, I, I would, this this game's a complete fade for me. You know, I think the Bucs win. Uh, I can see the Bucs blowing them out, but if not, you know Tom Brady's going to be able to keep it close and I think pull out the victory. So laying eight and a half points is a few too many for me. Then we go to Dallas. Uh, the next NFC game, San Fran is in Dallas. Dallas is favored by three, a uh, total of 51. If anything, I think I would go under the 51. I know everybody's talking about Dallas's high-flying offense, but they beat Philly last week with Philly's B-list team, basically. I had nothing to play for. So uh, I'm not sold on Dallas, but not sold on San Francisco either. This is a, I think this is a very sharp line at minus three. I wouldn't go uh, near this on either side. I think either team could win. I think San Fran could easily. If I had to, if I had to place a bet on this, I'd probably go San Fran at plus three. And the total under 51. Um, but again, I'm going to be fading that one. Then back to the AFC for a Sunday night battle. Pittsburgh travels to K- KC. KC's minus 13 with a total of 46. I'm on Pittsburgh at plus 13. A couple of reasons. Um, Mike Tomlin and Big Ben have been in many, many playoff games. They just know how to, how to, uh, how to compete, how to win. I know Big Ben's at the end of his career. Everybody's... Um, saying that he's done, which he probably is. He's not looking like the quarterback he was when he started 18-odd years ago. But the guy knows how to play. The guy knows how to play in cold weather. The guy knows how to play in big games. Not to KC doesn't. Obviously, the Patrick Mahomes and in, 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 in team show uh, can rack up a ton of points. But one thing KC did this year, they did underperform what people thought, but it was so many games, they played tight. And I just think laying 13 points in the playoffs against Tomlin and uh, Roethlisberger is too many. Does KC win? I think they do. Uh, could KC blow them out? Yeah, they could. But I think they're going to be able to keep this close. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a three or four point game at the end of the day. So I'm going to be on uh, the Steelers at plus 13. And then the final game, the first ever Monday night NFL playoff game is Arizona traveling to the LA Rams. Rams are four point favorite, total 49 and a half. If anything, I would look maybe to the under. I'm not on this game either. 
Arizona's a tough team for me to handicap. They stunk at home. We're good on the road. Kyler Murray is a great quarterback for sure. Exciting. Um, but I'm just not sure. Uh, and the Rams, I'm not sure what team shows up. Um, they could win this game easy or they could keep it awfully tight. So yeah, I'd probably, if I had to take a side, I'd probably take Arizona plus four. Um, but a little, little too tight for me to call. So basically in the NFL playoffs, I'm on Cincinnati minus five and a half at home beating Derek Carr and the Raiders. I am, and I'm on just a second, just two games, sorry. I'm on Cincinnati and then I'm on Pittsburgh plus 13 against KC. Uh, I would lean to the Pats at plus four and a half. And that's about it for my only strong lean. And in the San Fran Dallas game, maybe under 51. But again, I'm only on Cincinnati minus a half, minus five and a half, and Pittsburgh plus 13. Should be some great games. Can't wait to watch these. So before I go, though, uh, I do want to quickly remind you about Manscaped.com, partner of ours here at Sports Ethos. Uh, you can go to Manscaped.com, use the code HoopBall20, HoopBall20, for up to 20% off in your order. It's free shipping. Also, uh, I talked about bankroll management earlier. And if you're looking to start up a bankroll, go to mybookie.ag, a partner of ours at Sports, Sports Ethos as well. When you sign up, you use the code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, on the third page uh, when you sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there. So, hope you enjoyed the show. Covered a lot. Little talk on bankroll management. Ran the boards tonight. Uh, look forward to a great weekend in NFL football. And hopefully a profitable weekend for you and everybody else out there. So have a great night and we'll talk to you soon.